Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Do you let your pet sleep in bed with you? But of course. 69% of us say yes. 1-866-405-8405. We are live this weekend from Ventura, California, just off the beach. Do you know when you think about it, this is a little bit silly. We're sitting uh, off a beach we don't know the name of. In... Uh, it's Faria. Is it Faria? Faria. It's Faria. For real. For real. Faria, Faria. We're sitting in a Winnebago on the wrong side of the road mm-hmm. with four cats. And a couple of people who do a radio show in Australia. <laughs> no, you're the ones that do the radio show in Australia. Oh, that's right. And uh, <laughs> our friends from Pet Talk Radio, Brian and Kay, joining us. It's rare that people who do radio shows get together and get to talk about what they do. But we, we, we've been sitting here and we've been talking about... We've been talking for two days. Yeah. <laughs> in the same place. We haven't moved. <laughs> How many dogs do you have in Australia? We have four live dogs. and As opposed to? Uh, well, we have a lot of stuffed toys okay. as well. The, before we had real dogs, we actually used to take our stuffed toys with us when we traveled. He's got so, a passport, um, one of these dogs. Yeah, dog yeah. absolutely. <laughs> so no, now we have the four. And I have to say, I'm going through withdrawal symptoms. I mean, it's now a week. You've been away from them? Yeah. And it's like, mm, and I hear it's rainy back home, so similar here. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, I hope they're okay. Mm-hmm. You know? Are they the kind of dogs that freak out and thunder? Just one of them. One of them, yeah. Okay. Every dog has its own personality, and the pack kind of accepts that each dog has its own personality as well, and they, they take that into account. But they do also um, get a little frisky and playful, and they will deliberately try and stir up the others when they get bored. Ah. Yeah, they had a sense of humor. People call us and ask this all the time. When you leave, we're planning on going on vacation. What do we do with our animals? Usually I say take them if you can. Mm. Because, you know, it's always fun to have them along for the trip. You came across the big, giant, cold ocean and obviously couldn't take your dogs with you. That's what have you done with them? They're well, not at home. Well, you didn't well, just fill up the, the I, bowl of food. And I'll tell you what, interestingly enough, we put them in, into kennels. Now, yes. uh, I know some people perhaps in the States might think kennels, you know, a tiny little cage. Uh, where they are at the moment is Pet Resorts Australia, which is run by Steve Austin. and uh, Who's on Pet Talk Radio, Who's on by Pet the way. Talk Radio, great animal trainer and his wife, Vicky. And uh, they have the bride suite, the bridal suite, the honeymoon suite. The dogs. The dogs, dogs. yes. <laughs> not, not They've Vicky's. got a big one. Although they are just recently married. <laughs> their run is about as big as your, uh, your Winnie Baker. The whole vehicle. Yeah, obviously. the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they get played with every yeah. day. All the workers that work there are, um, some of them are vet students. Uh, some of them are um, university students of different kinds that during the holidays work there as well. But they've all been trained so that they understand the basics of behavior. And they uh, they have to like animals. So they actually play with them. They run around with them. They pet them. They cuddle them. And the dogs love it. I used to think that dogs didn't like going to kennels. I'd hear people say, oh, my dog went to the kennels. And when when, uh, he came back, he sulked for a week. Mm -hmm. It wasn't because you'd put him in the kennels. It was because because he missed all the animals. I think the traditional kennel, it's on its way out. When you think of kennel, you think of a room full of cages where the Mm -hmm. animals are kept until its guardian returns. Now there are doggy daycares. Mm -hmm. They have couches. They have bed. They have TV. They have people. The resorts. (laughs) And it's a lot different. And it's a little pricey, too. People are learning that they can make money off of this. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, our very good friend Steve Austin is giving us a discount, aren't you, Steve? (laughs) But... uh, 
um, but still you know, charging you nonetheless. Well, absolutely, and yes, it's, and it's fair to. rates, yeah. and they've got to make money, and they've got to pay people, and all the rest of it. And I got to say, it's costing nearly as much as our trip, which is yeah. fine <laughs> because you know your animals are in good care. It's you know more? they're being it's it's more. A, it's yes. a peace of mind knowing that you can go away and knowing that you're a peace of theirs as well. Yes, but I have to say, I would prefer to be doing exactly what Hal and Judy are doing right now. If I could set the scene for you, this Winnebago is sheer luxury on wheels. It's huge. And right sitting here, I can see the ocean through the windows. I've seen dolphins swimming by. We saw a pelican diving. I mean, wow. Hey. And we can travel with the animals. Exactly. It's great. We have all of our animals with us. I'm yes. jealous. You don't have to leave them in a kennel. <laughs> and I suggest anybody that's planning on leaving town and uh, can't take your animals with you, that you go down to uh, the nearest pet resort, check it out, see what they're doing yeah. there, and see if it would be good. You know, it's actually the dogs love to play with other dogs. They're mm-hmm. social animals. Yeah. And this particular one also um, takes in cats, and each cat has its own private suite with little hanging baskets up nice and high so uh-huh. they can look out and... Um, Steve actually has an aviary because he not only trains dogs and cats, but he also trains birds. Wow. So uh, there's a huge aviary so the, the cats can actually sit there and watch all these fantastic coloured birds, all the, um, the lorikeets and the galahs and all those fabulous coloured birds that you have in Australia. So the cats can look out the window and see them. Presents a new problem, though, getting the animals to come home with you. When you're done with your vacation, they obviously have uh, made new friends, live in luxurious quarters or tended to uh, 24 hours a day. How do you get them home? We, 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 we're, away, we're away for, what, five weeks or something, and uh, I know we'll be very keen to, to get them home. Uh, as to them settling down at night, I think the first night they might even be spending uh, with us, do you think? I suspect so. I mean, Brian said, oh, do you want to go and pick them up as soon as we get home or we wait a day? And I went, you're kidding. You're kidding. It'll be straight from the airport, pick up the car and go and pick up the dogs. That was one of the things we actually did a story on that was the most popular story for Pet Talk Radio was, does your dog sleep on the bed? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And we've had more responses about that, or your cat, or your whatever, right. right? We've had more responses than that to almost any story we've ever done. Now, is the same response in Australia as we have here, and that is... About 80, 90% yeah. people say, yep, sure. And some people actually have Great Danes on their bed and all kinds of things. Can you imagine a Great Dane on your bed? A little big, but I, I imagine four cats on the bed, and I'm such a cat lover that I will bend up into a pretzel shape <laughs> to let them... I don't want to, I don't oh, want to inconvenience right. them. Yeah. See, exactly. with a Great Dane, they take up one big space with four cats, they take up almost every corner, so there's really no place to get away from them. We had a chance to talk to Dr. Joyce Brothers about this. Good to talk with you, Hal. A few minutes ago, we were talking about what happens when the dog decides to sleep in the bed uh-huh. and decides it wants to stay there all the time, and now you have three people in bed and one angry spouse. Well, I have had that situation in my family long ago. Uh, not an immediate family, but uh, far, far off family. Uh-huh. And uh, the lady had a chow, um, and the dog was very territorial and wouldn't let the husband get to the bed. Uh-oh. So they ended up with two rooms, uh, and then they ended up with a divorce. Oh, really? <laughs> so yeah. she preferred the dog to the husband. <laughs> We've uh, we've gotten to the stage now where we just let one dog occasionally in. So we we, we right every night we rotate them right. Yeah. Four yeah, dogs over seven nights. Too. Sometimes yeah. Monet has discovered that he can hide in the corner when the oh. light goes. He's dark. You see, he's a black poodle. So it's like oh, I'm not really here. <laughs> so you're not alone there. We'd love to hear from you if you sleep with your animals. You can give us a call at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Hi, who is this? 
is Mark and uh, Sharon. Are you on the line? Yeah. Hi. Oh, it's we we got a, a party extension going on there. <laughs> Mark and Sharon, are you married? Yes. And do your pets sleep with you? No. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you two sleep in the same bed? <laughs> yes. Uh, what, I, well, they're not supposed to. We, we for the first you know eight or nine years of uh, our dog's life. I mean, we have a small Shih Tzu named uh, Tucker. Uh, he he slept in bed and uh, it kept Sharon uh, awake at night. And uh, she she didn't really like it, so she determined she determined to. to Kick the dog out of the bed. Yeah, it was me or the dog. Wait, now, would you do it with your feet, or did you just yeah, the ultimatum? The but it's me or the dog. It's me or the dog. Oh, yeah. And so, I didn't want her sleeping in the you know the guest room, and she. Certainly... I didn't like the guest room. <laughs> well, it built up and built up and built up, and about a year ago, I finally said, "That's it. The dog's out of here." And um, we talked, and Mark decided, "Okay, I'll." I'll give in. And so we kicked the dog out for about six months, and it slowly crept back in every night about 4 o'clock. Uh-oh. Yeah. So um, I guess just because I wanted a calm life, I decided to go with earplugs. And um, so now the dog sleeps half of the time. <laughs> but only after 4 in the morning. <laughs> 4 in the morning. So I pretend like it doesn't sleep in the bed. and. Uh, but, Mark but, thinks it does sleep in the bed. But, but, you know, we try to make a comfortable bed for him. Uh, you know, next to Mark. Uh-huh. Yeah, right next to me. And sometimes, I'll, sometimes I'll find myself holding the dog in his bed with my arm, and I wake up, you know, two and a half hours later with a real sore arm. Oh. Holding the dog in, so why the why the earplugs? Is it just uncomfortable because he takes up the room, or why the earplugs? Well, because he scratches, Ooh. and the scratches wake me up. I'm a light sleeper, and oh. he scratches and he moves around and and he snores. <laughs> well, well uh, it's, uh, recently he's been making it past his bed back into the bed and I'll be sound asleep and then all of a sudden he'll be like he'll be dreaming and you know he's running in his dreams <laughs> and all four legs are like <laughs> against my back and it's like you know that'll wake you up every time uh-huh. no actually it's a licking now that I think about it scratching and licking you know, in the middle of the night it's just awful Mark I thought that was me dog. no yeah yeah <laughs> Has it put any stress on the relationship? How does it work out now? I mean, obviously you're still together, and the dog's still there, right? Well, you know, he's he's been out of bed more than he's been in bed. Although I, this is a true story. This morning, um, you know, he he uh, wanted to play, and I'm like, no, I've got to work. And so he went out of the room, and he was pissed off. I could tell. Um, but then Sharon said, hey, hey, come here, take a look at this. And then I go into my room and. The bed has been neatly made, except Tucker has pulled all the bedclothes down off my side of the bed. <laughs> He's put a cookie on my pillow. A biscuit, yeah. Oh, my God. And he's and sleeping there. Right he's there. sleeping there. On the sheets. I'll send you a picture. Oh, that, that's wonderful. Yeah, send us a picture. We'll post it on the AnimalRadio.com website uh, for everyone to see. We want to hear from you. If your animals sleep with you, if it uh, is causing discourse, if it's not causing discourse, uh, we want to hear from you at one 405 8405 Mark and Sharon, I just realized we have some snore stop for pets uh, in the closet. <laughs> And we're going to send you some. Maybe Thank that'll you. help. Thank you so much for calling. Hold Thank on one you. second. Dogs and cats are smaller than us. I mean, hello. You know, you, the human takes precedence. You just move them down to the bottom of the bed. 
Mm-hmm. You actually move them? Now, see, yeah. I move out of the way. I will not disturb a sleeping cat. No, you're not supposed to. Leave I, sleeping cats lying. Yes, yes. Look, I think for a family, uh, a younger family perhaps, who's, who's wanting to have children, perhaps uh, pets in, in bed could be a contraceptive, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as you get a little older, it's like, you know, oh, oh well. Especially in winter. Winter yeah. is good. Oh, well. We're with Brian and Kay. They do Pet Talk Radio out of Australia. They're Aussies, and you, of course, can hear that on Animal Radio Network. I want to tell you about them. If you're listening now and you haven't heard them, uh, you've tuned into Animal Radio and you've heard the uh, normal American accents, you need to listen to Pet Talk Radio because it's very entertaining. We got, we've got some great people, uh, as, as does Animal Radio. We've got some great experts in Australia. Dr. Harry Cooper, who's yes. uh, Australia's most trusted male, I believe, what, three years running? You could go anywhere in Australia and say Dr. Harry Cooper and get a discount at a, like a, a hotel. Or <laughs> I, wish, I wish we could. I wish, but you wouldn't even have to say his surname for people to know who he is. Just say Dr. Harry. Mm. And and everybody knows. And he's also on TV on a show that's very similar to, uh, you, you've got Homes and Gardens here, I think? Uh, HGTV. HGTV, yeah, yeah. It's called Better Homes and Gardens over there, so oh. he's on there doing a pet segment. But uh, uh, we also have uh, Steve Austin, of course, Australia's no, top animal a- trainer. And he actually comes over to the States uh, and uh, trains your uh, police canine really? divisions. Yeah, yep. yep. he's, uh, he's coming to Los Angeles in January. Um, Would he be uh, like the Caesar Milan of Australia? Absolutely, without the accent, though. He has an Australian accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got some stories which we might get into trouble if we tell, actually, uh, particularly about uh, one lady, Dr. Joanne Rigetti, animal behaviourist. <laughs> but no names. We won't mention any of her. Also on Pet Talk Radio. <laughs> and uh, um, she has a Dalmatian called Cherry. Yes. And we had a dinner party there one night, and uh, Cherry brought up a whole, what was that cheese? Well, she sort of leant up on the dining room table and got a whole giant 12-inch round of brie that ah, was imported yeah. from well, some of course, of the location. Well, of course, and scoffed a lot. Yeah. Oh, scoffed no. a lot. Scoffed, scoffed a lot. Scoffed a lot. You have to say it right. Scoffed, scoffed a lot. Scoffed a lot. Yes. If you're, if you're playing along with the animal radio drinking game at home, when you hear scoffed a lot, go ahead and slug one down. Every time you hear it. Uh, now, let's see. You also uh, have a, a reptile guy on Pet yeah. Talk Radio. Yep. 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 Mark Richmond. Kids always want the ugly-looking snakes or the uh, the iguanas. I actually have several friends that have iguanas make very nice pets. Yeah. Big thing down under? And getting bigger. And getting bigger, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I think it's because uh, a number of things... it's, it's the cost of keeping pets. I think uh, dogs and cats can be quite expensive compared to some reptiles. I mean, some reptiles can be very expensive to keep too. I think the other reason is um, uh, the urbanisation of, of cities today. You know, you can't have uh, dogs and cats in apartments. You not a lot of room. You can't have rabbits. And it's not so much the room, it's just the regulations. Oh. You know, the rules. I, I notice here in uh, in Los Angeles, you know, there, there's some new tenancy agreements that you can say, well, we're, we're not going to have dogs and cats in here unless they're service animals. How long do they live? Ones. I know birds live a long time. Depends on the on the species. I understand yeah. that the the little ones don't live as long as the larger ones. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard to tell girls from boys, by the way. Uh, yeah, well, you li- you can't just lift their tail and look. No. But how can you tell? Um, well, the interesting thing is, I actually had to ask Dr. Harry this, and he um, said, "Well, you have a very special thing called a sexing probe." A sexing probe. Yeah. And. And it looks like a chopstick, basically. Yes, okay. Okay, it's just one chopstick, uh-huh. not two. And <laughs> snakes have just one little opening. Yes. And it depends on the length that that chopstick 
effectively it can go in okay. as to whether it's a boy or a girl. Oh, there you go. So yeah. don't try it at home, though, folks. You have to be a special. I think vet actually to do some it. of those techniques are still used here. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming and visiting us. Uh, I guess it's up to us to come down to Australia now and see all the it wildlife sure down there. Yes, please. We would love to have you. Brian and Kay joining us. If you haven't had a chance yet, check out Pet Talk Radio at AnimalRadio.com. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Buddy, don't do that. Don't worry. Lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard K9 Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.caninecaviar.com. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stand strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People is published ten times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year and is 100% tax deductible. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit Pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. The Animal Minute is brought to you by Urinoff, the number one vet-recommended urine odor and stain remover. To purchase, visit www.urinoff.com. Urinoff, finally, something that works. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Dogs have been used to sniff out narcotics, explosives, and even counterfeit money. But a new study says that dogs can detect lung cancer in breath samples. Researchers say that dogs can pick up the chemical differences in a person with cancer's breath. They say that dogs will never replace standard medical tests, but their research is very promising. The dogs were taught to either sit or lay down in front of the unhealthy breath samples and ignore the healthy samples. The dogs, which were trained in only three weeks, had an 88 to 97 percent accuracy rate. 
Catching cancer early increases survival rates and allows for treatments with lower toxicity. Sounds like man's best friend may be helping man stay around a little longer. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. There's lots of reasons to need a urine odor and stain remover. Your dog's afraid of thunderstorms. Cat hates being alone. You've moved into a new house. But there's only one reason to buy Urinoff, because it actually works. Urinoff's high-performance formula gets to the source of the problem and removes it permanently, even cat urine. Many odor removers claim to work, but thousands of loyal Urinoff customers, even vets, swear by it. If urine odor is a problem in your home, reach for Urinoff, the odor remover that actually works. Available exclusively at www.urinoff.com or your local vet. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. 2008, hope you've made some great pet resolutions. Maybe some new resolutions for how you treat your pet. I know that I've done that here at Animal Radio. I'm looking at these statistics. We were discussing this before. Yes, 69% of us let our pets into the bed, or at least admit it. (laughs) And maybe... Maybe one spouse or the other doesn't like it. We'd love to hear from you. 1-866-405-8405. The same statistics say that 37 of you have actually purchased a birthday present for your pet. That doesn't seem no, like a surprise. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. How about cooking, especially for your pet? Well, especially with the pet food recall. A lot of people are doing it now. 23% of you do that. How about dressing your pet up? Only on special occasions. <laughs> <laughs> I know for Halloween that you do that. Uh, my cat loves it. He ran around with a cape for hours. Have you ever taken your pet to work? All the time. Well, we're kind of lucky we work in a Yeah, job we can where, do that. Uh, we can do that. We'd love to hear from you if you take your pet to work. one 405 8405 Tell us about the resolutions that you made for your, your pet for the new year. Maybe it'll live longer. I see this one right here. A pet has lived to 27 years old. This pet being a feline in nature, a cat that lives to 27 years old, holds the record. Now, it seems like I've heard of animals that have lived longer. 1-866-405-8405. 27 is pretty good for a cat. Uh, I'd say that's a pretty good record, yes. They say indoor cats, they can live up to 20 years. Outdoor cats, if your cat's an outdoor cat, may not live longer than a decade because of all the hazards outside. When we come back, we'll go back to the phone. Hi, this is Emmylou Harris on Animal Radio. Please stay new to your pet. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew, gross. Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard K90 Wormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year. And that's it? Yep. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections. 1-866-405-8405. Who's this? Hi, this is Gabriel from Riverside. Hey, Gabriel. How you doing? Good. Listening on Coast. What can we do for you? Uh, I have a 27-year-old Siamese cat. You have a 27-year-old? Yes. God, wow. that's, that's pretty old. What do you attribute it to? What did you, What have you done to, yeah. to uh, help your cat live so long? Uh, I give him beer every week. You give him beer every <laughs> week? What, like a, a Corona and a Lime or something? <laughs> wow. Bud Light. Bud Light. I was going to say, does he have a preference? <laughs> 
Well, I'm not condoning beer, yeah. but uh, you know they say that a uh, little wine once a week is, is good for the system. Yeah. Uh, sure, beer once a week. Hey, if, if your cat's living that long and is feeling good, more power to you. You're doing something right. You know what? We want to hear from people today. If you have a, a pet that's living exceptionally long and you want to add a little bit to the show, one 405 Gabriel, we're going to hook you and your cat. What's your cat's name? Fluffy. Fluffy. <laughs> We're going to hook you guys up with some oh, goodies, boy. okay? Okay. It's, it's not going to be beer, you though. No, no beer, though, okay? Hold on one second. Hi, I'm Victoria Jackson, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. You know, you said that uh, 37 people bought their uh, pets a birthday present. I think you need to look at your notes again. It's not 37 people. I meant people. 37%. Percent, yes. That's a big difference. <laughs> okay, there it is. That's the first and only mistake that I will make. <laughs> All year long? For 2008. Okay, okay. I'm going to keep track. That's one. one 405 8405 Hi, who's this? Hi, my name is Ron Galarzi. Hi, Ron. How you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. Where are you calling from? Brea, California. Brea, either listening on K-Big or Coast. K-Big. K-Big, very good for you. What can we do for you, Ron? Well, I have a brand new uh, white Persian Himalayan cat. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, it's all white. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful cat with green eyes. I oh, named yeah. her Zsa Zsa Gabor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's full of uh, darlings. <laughs> she just looks at me with those eyes, and I just think she's uh, gorgeous. Anyway. How old is she? Uh, eight weeks, nine oh, weeks. Wow. Yeah, cute. she's really, really cute. Is her hair long yet? Very long. Furry, furry, furry. That's going to be one of those cats that you can have to brush all the time. Yeah, well, it looks like she has her mink coat on all the time. That's why I called her Zaza. Yes. <laughs> and I'll get her a diamond collar when she's old enough to have one. <laughs> uh, yeah. let, me, let me tell you, a girl's never too young for diamonds. That's it. Huh? <laughs> right now, she's wearing a little tennis bracelet, so it'll it'll work. Uh-huh. My, my situation is this. I've never had a cat, and I have a lot of beautiful furnishings throughout my house. Oh, yeah. And, of course, they're... She's loving it. <laughs> yeah. She gets right in, you know. Uh-huh. Well, but, this is uh, a good time to nip it in the bud while it's uh, while yeah. she's still young. That's exactly. Best time. Exactly. Because. And I know she needs her shots. I'm going to get those done in a week or two. But um, what do I do about clipping her nails all the time? Is it done weekly, or do I have her? De- it's, I hear it's just not the right thing to declaw her. It is absolutely not yeah. the right thing to declaw because it's like an amputation up to the first knuckle. Uh, and there, there are a lot of alternatives. And if you do have a lot of special things around your house, uh, clipping the nails is something, one of, one of the alternatives. Mm-hmm. How often would you do that, Judy? Uh, probably about every month to two months. You don't need to do it on a weekly basis. They don't grow that fast. And there's also alternatives. I don't know if you've ever heard of soft claws. No, oh, those little caps. I hate those things. Yeah, I've never used them, but I've talked to people who are successful with them. What it is? It's a plastic. It's a nail cap. You actually place them over the nails. Oh my god! Each nail, and it lasts for a couple months, and it allows them to still extend their nails, but they just can't scratch. Well, that's an interesting point that you bring up about squeezing out to find the nail first uh-huh. of all because she's all white uh-huh. um, oh yeah so and then to even find them is another little challenge but they're there because they're very sharp well here, here's the thing that i would suggest and yeah. that is first of all uh if you do it more frequently as a youngster she will get used to it and it won't be a traumatic experience it'll be like uh like a caressing or like uh uh uh, uh, uh 
using a brush yeah. or she likes the brush. Yeah. And what I've learned is that you don't have to do all the nails at once. You could do one or two one night and then move on. Just you don't want to make a big deal out of it. Otherwise, right. she's going to get really upset. Right, right, right. If if she happens to be sitting on your lap, she's calm. Uh, or asleep. Yeah, or asleep. Have the uh, clipper around and just do one or two, and then uh, come back uh, the next day and trim a little idea. more. Good idea. They're coming out with that quick finder, which is uh, would be great for a white cat with uh, white... Uh, uh, well, white nails, you can usually see the bloodline when you clip it. Yeah, because you can see the pink, so you don't want to clip into the pink. Yeah. Uh, another good thing to do is to... Constantly play with your cat's paws when she's resting or sleeping. Oh. Go over, play with them, extend them, so she gets used to you touching her paws. Yeah. Good, good. So yeah. that way, when you go to clip them, she won't be so free. Because a lot of cats don't like to have their paws touched. <laughs> if but, she uh, if she heads on over to an inappropriate place that you don't want her uh, uh, clawing, pick her up and bring her over to a cat tree. I'm hoping you have a cat tree or something for her to claw. She needs something like that to have something to claw because it's something they need to do. It's like exercise. And you'd pick her up, bring her over there, and, and hold her paws up and scratch it and teach her to do that instead of the furniture or whatever nice accoutrements you have around the place. Exactly. Exactly. Well, what, uh, what about uh, what, what are the ingredients of catnip that makes her go crazy? <laughs> I don't know what the ingredient is, but there's something in it that's just a, it's a natural herb that cats just go crazy. And we've learned that Siamese will not touch it, but other breeds of cats will. And we've also heard that it's, it's usually more effective for males than females. Some females uh, react to it, so it's good that, that yours does. I guess it's it smells like the pheromones that they um, yeah. they're familiar with, and okay. I I can't explain it, but boy, has she yeah. re- have you tried catnip? Because I've heard it usually won't. Well, really I bought a toy that has catnip in it, and uh-huh. she just loves to play she with it, and good. she seems more energetic with it. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. But she just goes wild. Good. You know, back if she has a certain place she's scratching, like a certain couch or some area, what you want to do is put the scratching post in that area. Okay. What you want to do is put it by there so when she goes to do that, she'll see the scratching post. You can entice her to the scratching post. You can actually get loose catnip and put it on the yeah, scratching post. put it right post, on the post. And that will attract her to it. And to stop, uh, you won't have to do this permanently, but temporarily you can put uh, aluminum foil or two-sided tape or something on an area she's scratching because cats won't like that. And oh. if you have a scratching post right next to it, she'll turn to that because it will be available and cats it's like yoga the scratching the stretching is just they part gotta of it. do it and they like to do it normally when they wake up another place would be you want to put these you know if you can have several in your house one where she sleeps so when the first thing she does when she wakes up she'll go and she'll scratch her scratching post mm-hmm. and you want to just kind of like to so keep them in places and keep them don't hide them people put them in, the, in out of the way places and cats want to be where you are where you're at out in the open so put put them around the house put catnip on them and put foil and double tape on where she's scratching and hopefully you can get her to well you, you're doing it at a young age and yes. that's the important thing get it yeah. get her used to it now and she'll well, be she's, fine she learned no the word no oh good quite nicely i think good uh-huh. um and also in her diet, I, I guess I give her that kitten dry food that's really good for her, science uh-huh. diet. But I'm also um, giving her half a fancy feast in the morning and the other half at night. Uh-huh. She seems to be okay with that. Is Nothing that, wrong okay? with that. Nothing, Nothing wrong, wrong with that. that? Okay. All right. No, I like to see uh, a blended diet. Some people say all dry. Some people say all canned. Uh, you know, 
I go it's half a good variety. and half. Good, okay. Just to be safe. Great. Uh, I'll tell you what, and you're going to kill me for doing this. <laughs> Judy just got on my case for giving out no, too much I stuff didn't. here. Uh, but we happen to have this. We have paw breakers, which are little catnip uh, balls, which they love to play with. Plus, we have uh, these uh, scratch toys from VMX Pet Vantage that uh, I'd like to give Jean Jean a couple of those if we can. Oh, wow. Thanks very much. Ron, thanks for calling and listening to Animal Radio. Hold on one second. All right. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hey, this is Cesar Milan. When I'm not doing the dog whisper, I'm listening to Animal Radio. Stay balanced. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. PetGadgets.com. If you're looking for innovative and high-tech pet products, PetGadgets.com. Unique and high-tech products that you won't find at your local pet store. PetGadgets.com. Find the latest products that will make life easier for you and your pet. PetGadgets.com. Everything from massage beds to a remote-controlled tennis ball launcher. PetGadgets.com. Be top dog in your neighborhood. Shop at PetGadgets.com. Hey, you know anyone who has owned a pet can tell you nothing is more frustrating than their pet soiling in the house. Often they do this in one spot over and over and over again. There's a reason why your pets do this. Pets are attracted to their own unique body scent, which is known as their pheromone. And that pheromone is always left behind in every soiling. Therefore, it's natural for your pet to follow his keen sense of smell and go back to it. So the question is, how do we get the pheromone out so our pets Stop resoiling in the house. Well, the good news is there's finally an answer. It's Get Serious Stain, Odor, and Pheromone Extractor. Get Serious is the only stain and odor remover with the ability to remove your pet's pheromone while also getting out the urine odor and any stain. Stop blaming your pets for resoiling when you used a cleaner that didn't get the pheromone out. And don't spend another minute cleaning up unnecessary repeat accidents. Pick up Get Serious today at PetSmart or visit PetSmart.com. Hi, this is Richard Karn from Home Improvement, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Now remember to spray and neuter your dog. (laughs) It's a good idea to spray and neuter your animals. This is an Animal Radio News Update, made possible by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. More and more wills making provisions for pets. I'm Hal Abrams. So who's going to take care of baby when mama's gone? That very problem vexed Laura Souza, 44, who four years ago adopted baby Nino, an eclectic parrot that lives to around 70. Souza got a lawyer to write the will so her daughter won't inherit the estate unless she takes care of the bird. It's a trend more and more people are leaving money for their pets as states pass laws legalizing pet trusts. And as a result, estate lawyers and special animal care businesses, big and small, have emerged to cater to pets when their owners die. The experts are saying owners who 
who put dogs, cats, birds, and other creatures in their will typically leave behind ten to $35,000 for starters. Of course, you remember billionaire hotel operator and real estate investor Leona Helmsley. She left $12 million to her white Maltese named Trouble. According to studies, most people who set up pet trusts are elderly owners who live alone. They could be irritated with their children because they don't visit, or they could just befriend the pets so much they just love them. Guilty. This year, the Florida legislature revised a law originally passed in 2003 that said owners could leave estates to their pets, provided there's a human named as a trustee. Since 1993, 38 other states have passed similar laws. And if the owner cannot find a person to entrust their pet to, they can turn to the pet retirement homes. Yes, you heard it right. About 320 animals belonging to 120 owners in 18 states are set to move into a Texas facility eventually. There at the ranch house, pets can exercise in five different outside areas or lounge in seven different rooms. And a $100,000 donation will ensure lifelong medical coverage just about anywhere. As with care for people, animal guardians need to be thorough when considering a pet retirement home. Now remember, you can get more breaking Animal Radio news streaming live 24-7 at AnimalRadio.com. And now you can get your news in your email. Sign up at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio news update brought to you by the Simple Solution natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Does that pesky pet stain keep reappearing after you've cleaned it with a household cleaner? Try Simple Solution Stain and Odor Remover. Simple Solution is formulated specifically for pet stain and odors. The unique enzyme and probacteria formula breaks down the glue-like proteins in pet urine, then absorb all the leftover particles, leaving your carpet completely free of harmful residue. So no more magical reappearing acts or pets returning to the area. Simple Solution products are available at pet specialty stores nationwide. Every year, there are millions of pets in animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Mike Farrell with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. Together, we can ensure a better future for our pets. For adoptable pet listings in your community, go to Pets911.com. Pets 911, proud to be partnered with Animal Radio. We're going to the phones next. I said enough. Hey, gang, this is the Money Man, Eddie Money. Make sure you spay to your pets and keep the dial right here to Animal Radio. It's the greatest station in the world. I'm Susie Kurtz, and I'm listening to Animal Radio. And you should really check out the Farm Sanctuary website, farmsanctuary.org. First taker. <laughs> One take. <laughs> You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And you know, it's not too late to come up with some brand new resolutions on how to be a better pet guardian. Some great tips, by the way, at AnimalRadio.com. And if you're into that breaking news thing, I know, Judy, you are. Well, well, of course. Of course, you're in the business. You need to know what the latest animal breaking news is. Mm-hmm. And if you listening right now inside your speaker want to know what the latest animal breaking news is, you can sign up for email alerts from AnimalRadio.com. 
It's all right there at AnimalRadio.com. Did I, did I do it, Guido? I think he got it. Okay, he's been pushing me to <laughs> AnimalRadio.com. That's the place. Brand new video there, I understand, too. one 405 8405 or you can email us all week long, your voice at AnimalRadio.com. We got this last week. A uh, young lady, she says she has three dogs, two Yorkies and one Silky Mix. She caught the Animal Radio show for the first time and heard Ruth Regina. Of course. Oh, yes. Yeah. Ruth Regina makes dog and cat wigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes on to say, I understand some of these wigs were very expensive. Well, yeah, we were talking about expensive wigs, but I believe the average wig is really about $30 or so. Right. I'm not yeah. exactly sure on that. Uh, she goes on to say the people who make these wigs have way too much time on their hands, and the people who buy them have way too much money on their hands, too. Uh, perhaps that time and money could be redirected to something really worthwhile and necessary. Don't get me wrong. I love my dogs, and I treat them like children. I wouldn't embarrass my two-legged child by making him wear strange things. <laughs> So uh, we love your email, by the way, and we respond to everybody's email. Your voice at AnimalRadio.com or 1-866-405-8405 anytime during the week or right now. How about that? Hi, who's this? Uh, hi, I'm Martha. Hi, Martha. How you doing? I'm doing good. Where are you calling from? Um, I'm calling from Calamessa, Riverside County. Where Where is that? It's, it's in Riverside County, right next oh, to uh, Redland. In Los, and... in Los Angeles. What's your question, Martha? Yes, I have a Pomeranian. She's about 12, 13 years old. Okay. I adopted her because they were going to put her to sleep. Mm. When did you do this? A year ago. Okay. And so, anyway, since I've had her, uh, her health has recovered and she's healthier than <laughs> she was. So, Good. Good. now the problem I'm having, she's starting to limp on her left leg. Uh-huh. And I'm real concerned about it because... Um, she wasn't doing that. I got a heating pad so she can stay warm. When did she start doing this? Did you? Was it after a walk? Was there any certain incident that might have brought this on? Oh, um, no. Okay. No, but since you mentioned that, I did. Uh, this happened about two weeks ago. She'd already been doing that. And about two weeks ago, I stepped on her, but real softly. She yeah. was right there next to me, and I did not see her. I understand. <laughs> and and she, um, but it wasn't like, it was just a barely, but I noticed that she started doing that more. And I thought maybe I had broken her little leg, so I was, you know, looking at it. And um, she was okay. She wasn't yelling or, I mean, screaming that... I was holding her little leg. Mm -hmm. So from that, I gathered that I did not break it. And then I had my daughter look at her, too, and she says, Mom, you didn't, you know, you didn't didn't break her foot, which is what I thought she was doing that more for. Okay, then, and so then now, two weeks after, she's like um, back to the way it used to be. So Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if maybe... I did injure her. Well, yeah, you could have injured her. It could have been a combination. You know, she is she is getting up there. It could be uh, something that's setting in, or it could be just something temporary. How often do you go to the vet and, and have her checked out? Every time she needs to go when they send me the notices that her shots are due. Yeah, okay. So when was the last time that you were in there? Um... I think yeah. it was six months ago, and they were due in December, and I didn't go. Mm. Well, now, last night, sorry, last night, 
This was real scary. She had like a convulsion. She turned on her back, and I thought she was having a seizure. Really? You know what? I, I have to say this. I think it's, since it's time for the, the shots anyway, I think it's time to go into the vet and just see, make sure that everything's okay. As the pet gets older, you want to make the visits a little more frequent. And just check check it out to make sure everything's okay. Uh, Some of the, the more common things is you can check uh, her pet's paws. She may have like a thorn or a sticker or something up between her toes that can be kind of sensitive. So first thing you want to do is really check out her foot. Another thing with older dogs, it's their toenails. Sometimes they become brittle. They, they have a tendency to break off real short to the quick. You know, when you trim them, they can bleed a little bit. So you want to check out the toenails, on, the toenails. on that one leg that, that uh, she seems to be uh, limping on. Check her foot really well and then take then. her for a thorough examination to your vet and explain to him what's going on. It's time for it anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. You love her dearly, so you might as well. Yeah, I just. Do. I know. Sometimes it costs a little bit, doesn't it? But Well, the, you know, when I took her to the vet, um, he told me that because um, he's knowing her, for, um, I guess, since she was a little puppy. Oh, really? Good. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because they were going to put her to sleep. Oh, okay. And since I came in right on time, because I've always wanted Pomeranium, mm-hmm. and so he's known the pet for forever. So he and, has a history. With- oh, he told me that she's she's in better health than... Um, he said she recovered like five years. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow. yeah, since she came to my house. And You're doing something right. Yeah. Yeah, well, the lady was already, like I said, um, the lady herself was going to be put in a rest home. And then they were, nobody wanted the little dog because she was old. Mm. And I just happened to come in at the right time. You're a good person. She's well, a, the vet told me that. <clears throat> she's a lucky dog. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, have her checked out. Let us know what, what happens. And, uh, okay. We're going to send her some goodies. Is that okay? Oh. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> Just okay. for calling in. Hold on one second. 1-866-405-8405. And remember, those lines are open all week long to call us. You can also listen to Animal Radio on your cell phone. Simply text ANIMAL to 27627. You know, there's just so many ways to listen to Animal Radio now that I just get confused. (laughs) But it's all at AnimalRadio.com. And remember, if you get a pet, please spay or neuter. And if it happens to be a cat, don't ever declaw. And always adopt from your local shelter. I'm Judy Francis. I'm Hal Abrams. Have a great week. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here on this fine station. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And welcome to Hour 2, you lucky devil you. This hour, a special Animal Planet guest joining us. I can't tell you who. I'd have to kill you. Well, I wouldn't have to kill you, but I'd get fired. You don't want that, <laughs> do you? one 405 8405 I'm telling you that number now because Joy Turner, Animal Communicator, joins us this hour. And if you want to talk to your pet, that's the number you need. Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Peggy Fleck. Hi, Peggy. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Where are you listening to Animal Radio? I'm from Reading, Pennsylvania, W-E-E-U. What can we do for you today? Well, I had a question. Um, I have my one feline, uh, Sasha, here, who uh, over the past couple years had been losing weight, and then she started uh, having problems where she would be throwing up quite a bit and so forth. And we finally had at our last visit when uh, 
the vet was concerned about all the weight she was losing that we went ahead and did some exploratory surgery and stuff. Um, Blood mm-hmm. tests hadn't shown anything. And they did find that she has inflammatory bowel disease. IBD. You got it. And uh, so at this point, she's on a, a very bland, restricted diet. And um, they have her taking prednisone. Prednisone, a steroid prednisone. Yes. And, I mean, the vet did go over with me the pros and cons of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm laughing because I'm thinking they just came out with that uh, report on the baseball players right now. Oh, doing steroids? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sasha has bulked up. She, I bet. <laughs> she has definitely put the weight back on now. Has her, has her uh, uh, behavior changed at all? Uh, except uh, she knows when I'm coming to give her her <laughs> stuff. I do it in liquid form. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, do pills. And uh, so she knows when I come and I'm going to be (laughs) wrapping her in a towel and squirting it in her mouth. How does she react? Has she gotten used to it yet? Uh, She's getting better. But she still does a lot of, you know, like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) you know, with her mouth. Um, She doesn't like it, but she's doing better accepting it. How long Um, has she been on it? uh, Let's see. I guess it's been about two months, two and a half months now. Uh, Do you know how much much a day? How much? How many milligrams? I'm, I'm... have cut it back now it's every other day okay. when we started it was every day uh and then it was back to every other day and let's see here it's uh i give her one milliliter doesn't have a milligram reading uh, there on the okay, bottle does it a, uh let's see it says behind it 3.6 uh milligrams slash milliliter suspension Mm, okay. It actually sounds like a very low dose, and if you're going to every other day, it is a very low dose. And really, okay. two months is not uh, a terribly long time. Doctors usually say about three months or, or more is when you should start reconsidering whether or not the animal still needs to be on that uh, uh-huh. medicine. Okay. Um, the problems with uh, prednisone, for listeners that don't know, uh, could be diabetes. It could right. it could it could spark diabetes as well as other things. So one of the things you want to do when you go to your vet, and, I, and you should be going to your vet regularly if you're taking this, if your cat is taking this medicine mm-hmm. uh, monthly, and they should do a blood test to look at the serum levels to see if uh, diabetes is becoming a problem. The other thing is, is there are alternatives to prednisone. They, too, have side effects. Uh, one of them is Celicept, Prograf, and Cytoxin. And it all depends on what your veterinarian uh, suggests if you need to continue dosing with some kind of medicine. They, they'll have alternatives. Generally, it doesn't really become a problem until three months or so. And it's usually high dosages, and high dosages meaning above 10 milligrams a day. Okay. And if you're tapering down and everything uh, seems to be going okay, how, how's her uh, how's her IBD? She well, I haven't had any accidents. Knock on wood. Uh, as far as her throwing up um, in the first month and a half, and I would say there was just one time that she did throw some stuff back up, and I don't know why, because I mean the diet didn't change and nothing else changed, but. Mm-hmm. So it was only one time. Just for curiosity, what kind of food do you have her on now? Uh, she's on Science Diet hmm. ID and ZD. Okay. Uh, I don't know what Those they are. are. Good. They, I was just told it's very bland stuff. Mm. <laughs> that's that's good for what she's going through. Does she like it? Diet. Uh, yeah, she's doing okay with it. Okay. You know, one other thing I wanted to recommend, and I, I've actually used this myself, is Yahoo. They have forums, and they have a great IBD, feline IBD forum. 
because it's it's not an isolated problem. There's lots and lots of cats that are suffering from IBD. Oh yeah, uh, as well as humans. And <laughs> you can uh, you can head on over to Yahoo and sign up for their forum and get daily emails from people who are going through the same very same things that you're going through that are using perhaps steroids that have questions questions that might come up. Uh, you might want to check that out. That was very helpful for okay, me. Okay, so they go on Yahoo. Uh, yeah, Yahoo, and they actually have forums there, different okay. forums. There's, these are discussions okay. uh, among people who have cats that have this problem okay. and doctors. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's an IBD forum. It's a feline IBD forum. If you go to the forums and you, you type in uh, on their search engine there, IBD forum, uh, feline, excuse me, feline IBD uh-huh. Uh, you should get. You should be able to get hooked up with that immediately. With some people that and, would talk about it. Okay. Yeah, and it also makes you uh, realize that you're not alone in this. Yeah. I wonder. You know, um, I thought the vet seemed to imply that she may be on this forever. It could. Ha- it could be. It really depends on what yeah. the problem is, and I can't. I don't know that over the phone. But I know I have a cat, for instance, who has a low platelet count, mm-hmm. and steroids, prednisone in particular, is very helpful. <laughs> And uh-huh. uh, it's it, for him, it's a miracle drug. And yeah. th- when he goes without it for a day, the signs uh, uh, come back. And unfortunately for that, uh, his blood won't clot unless mm-hmm. he's on these steroids. Mm-hmm. He probably will be on it for the rest of his life. Yeah. Uh, that's what the doctor says. I don't know. We'll he's been on it since, what, January? Long time, at about 10 milligrams a day. And he wow. he also goes in and gets checked for uh, uh-huh. diabetes. He's bulking up. And uh, uh, but I'll tell you, he's one happy cat. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's an amazing drug. So if if it works uh, to taper it down, do so if yeah. you can. How old is Sasha? Sasha's twelve years old. Twelve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you say the IBD is going away, or or she seems to be. Well, yeah, she has it. She only had that one time. I mean, it was like now it's been a month and a half since uh, that she did throw up. Uh, the only other concern I had to the doctor was her stool is very soft, but maybe that's because of the food she's eating. Well, that's also the steroid. That's one of the side effects it, of yeah. prednisone is diarrhea. Yeah, it's not formed at all, you know, and it's so forth. So I was concerned about that. Uh, for a while after the surgery, um, she still had a little bit of blood coming out, too. And uh, so they, uh, what was the other thing they had me give her? Um, Caraphate? Liquid? Yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. That's uh, just to heal up the insides when there's a little bloody insides. And that's, uh, it it sounds like if you're able to taper down and the problems don't persist, that you're heading in the right direction there. If you're unable to taper down, contact your vet and see if there's an alternative to that because there are at least four on the market. Okay, and you said, uh, though I should ask, they didn't say anything about monthly blood tests. Maybe because you're only a couple of months in. Uh, if, if If Sasha continues... For three, four, after three months, they should be checking to make sure that the prednisone isn't causing any other ill effects. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you, that's usually done through blood tests. I believe there are also urine tests that you can yeah. find out. Okay, well, I appreciate that because I was just concerned, you know, like, is this the right stuff? I had a friend say, couldn't you just give her, like, fish oil or something like that? Or Well, you know, it, it, it kind of, you know, it's they've done tests on humans, and they find that that works, but it hasn't been proven in animals yet. Okay. I don't think it would harm her, but it's not guaranteed that it will take care uh-huh. of the problem. Okay. If you're on, uh, if your cat's on prednisone, that's a real serious drug, and there's probably not any herbal remedies out there or natural remedies that will do what the prednisone is doing. 
I would just taper off and see what happens okay. there. Of course, make sure your vet's in touch with you and yeah. they know what's going on. Can okay. we send you some uh, cat yoga? Oh, maybe she'd like that. We I have mean... some. I actually have some, these notepads, these cat yoga notepads yeah. uh, that you can use, and I'll send them off your way. We'll okay. Give Sasha a big hug. Hold on for one second. We need to get some information from you. Okay, sure will. Thank you for Thank listening. Thank you so much. Hold on. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Shelley Morrison from Willing Grace, and I'm on Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your pets. Please. Animal Radio is brought to you by the American Anti-Vivisection Society. Stop the FDA from allowing milk and meat from cloned animals to be sold in grocery stores. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society for information at www.endanimalcloning.org. Animal Radio is brought to you by Get Serious, a stain and pheromone remover so easy to use, even men can do it. Hey, hey, wait a minute. (laughs) Don't take any more excuses, women. It's time to get serious. Get Serious is available at PetSmart and online at GetSeriousProducts.com. Hi, it's Lisa Laporta from HGTV's Design to Sell for Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pets. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. That was fast. I was eating, caught me while I was eating the little peanut butter there. Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Angie Handley. Hi, Angie. How you doing? I'm fine. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Rock Island, Illinois. Rock Island, Illinois. Northern part of Illinois? Uh, no, Central, um, right along the Mississippi River. Very good. You must be listening on the Internet. Yes, I am. Glad we have that there. What can we do for you today? Uh, I have a question. I have a dachshund that is a year and a half old. Uh, at eight months, uh, she was uh, sprayed, and I don't think it took. <laughs> and I'm trying to find out why and what I can do about it, and... Also, if if what I'm seeing is the fact, I don't know what's involved when they do it, uh, when they do the surgery. Uh-huh. Uh, but she's had a lot of problems uh, initially after the surgery, and uh, now a couple times a year, or I've seen it two times now since the surgery, where she's actually has a very smelly discharge. Is it like a menses? Yes. Okay. Yes. And, uh, of course, that's very an- annoying, and uh, I- I'd like to know what I need to do, and should I go back to the same vet? Yeah. It's kind of scary well, you know, if he didn't do his job. Yeah. <laughs> well, he may have done his job, and it may not be intentional, but there is absolutely 100% many stories of spays uh, that uh, don't fully take or get reversed. Okay. Or we're just partially done. They didn't complete everything and remove everything. And oh, it may not be that your doctor intentionally tried to do this. I, in fact, I probably think that he he had uh, the best intentions in mind. Uh, I don't know if I would take her back to the same doctor, though. Uh, okay. If it was me personally, I probably would go to a different veterinarian, explain the same situation. But I think you got. I think you're right on track. I think you're right on target. As far as what's happened. Yeah, if you see it a couple times a year, a dog usually goes into heat about two to three times a year, usually every six months or so. 
So if that's what you're seeing on a regular basis, it sounds like she is going through her cycle and everything wasn't removed and she should be taken back in and have it all done. <laughs> I have it done again. Yeah, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's what you want to do. You want to make sure that she's spayed and everything's removed. Right. Well, and, and you know what? I don't, I don't like to hold her that much when she's going through this, and that's not a good feeling because no. she is a lap dog, and she loves the attention, and she doesn't understand what's going on. Yeah. She sounds like a cutie, though. Oh, she is. She is. She's the love of our life, and we've got a big boxer to go along with her, <laughs> Mutt and Jeff. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I'll tell you what. You go back to the vet. We're going to send your what's, – what's your dachshund's name? Uh, Gigi. Gigi. We're going to send Gigi some dachshund stuff, okay? Oh, great. We'll go through the prize closet and dig out some toys and stuff. Okay, well, that's really fantastic. And let us know. Go, when you go to the vet, let us know what the consensus was there. Okay. Okay, well, thank you very much. Hold on one second, Angie. Thanks for okay. listening to Animal Radio. Hi, Animal Radio. Hey, it's Kevin Fitzgerald. How are you? Doc, how hey. you doing? How are you guys? It, you never good. know who's going to be calling when you pick up the phones here. <laughs> That's right. This is awesome. Dr. Kevin Fitzgerald, of course, uh, from Emergency Vets on Animal Planet, and just a, a legend in my mind for sure. How are you doing? Well, I'm good. Hey, listen, we just had a caller. Maybe you can help us with this. They, they had a, a dachshund that was spayed, or they thought it was spayed, but it kept going into heat. And uh, as far as I know, that happens... Or can happen. Is that correct? Well, it can happen. You can, you know, uh, inadvertently leave a, a, a piece of ovary, leave an ovarian remnant that uh, will hypertrophy and, and it will compensatorily uh, start to, to cycle again. And, and so what you need to do is with hormone levels, see if the animal is cycling. So, you know, just pull a, a progesterone. There should not be any. And, and then also you can sometimes pick it up on ultrasound. Oh, really? But ultimately, if that's the case, you just go in and do an exploratory and remove the ovarian remnant. Now, here's the question. Do you go back to the same doctor that you went to the first time for the spay? Well, I think so. I think so. I mean, I think, you know, we're all people, and I think people, if they do make mistakes, like to, you know, make things right. And, and so I think that, you know, I, I think that uh, the veterinarians as a group are honest people and would like to make things right. Very good. I, I, you know, I'd like to say that I haven't made mistakes over the years, but, you know, we're all people. We're all human, that's right. You know, and, and people sometimes think that doctors are like God and that they, they have absolute control, especially in the court system. You see malpractice left and right. No, we're, you know, we're rapidly becoming a nation, you know, of, of you know, uh, of, of people, I think, that want to blame somebody else all the time. And, yeah. You know, with a lot of these conditions, a lot of these animals... You know, they get old or they get conditions that it's, it's not the owner's fault, certainly. It's not the people that, you know, give them care, their caretaker's fault. But it, it's not the veterinarian's fault either for answering the door and just trying to help them. And, and so I think, you know, uh, nobody wants to be accountable anymore for nope. anything. And, and, no, you know, that's for sure. Taking on these animals, it's a commitment. It's a commitment for, you know, sometimes 15 to 20 years. And, and so I think that... Uh, these guys depend on us for good judgment and good care. And, and so I, I think um, expectations are high on the part of the public about veterinarians, and, and they should be. They keep our feet to the fire and keep us honest. So, and we can offer so much more than we could when I got out of school 23 years ago, you know. How do you keep up with all of that? Well, you try and keep current. You try and keep... Uh, 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 I just had eight book chapters come out in a toxicology book, a small toxicology book. So you keep... 
you try and keep throwing your punches and learning from the cases you see every day and reading and, and trying to keep a stride of new techniques and, and new technologies that come out, come around. We encourage our listeners to email us at uh, yourvoiceatanimalradio.com. We got a, a kind of a disturbing email this morning about a dog that got into a medicine cabinet. Yeah. And I, I thought this was kind of interesting that a dog could open the cabinet and, do, and get in there. Well, I, I've always maintained that anything a kid can open, a dog can. And, and they're, they're, they're naughty. And the, the most disturbing thing about medicine cabinets is a recent New England Journal of Medicine article said 50% of human medications that are prescribed are never given. And if you don't think that's true, look at your mother's medicine cabinet. I could look in my medicine cabinet. Yeah, I mean, people have, have things from the 60s, you know. And, wow. and so. So I think that uh, also old medicine should not be uh, put into waste baskets. Dogs think anything in a waste basket is is food, and so they should be flushed. And, and also, medicine should never be kept on a on a nightstand because they think anything on the nightstand is food, and they can get on the bed and then get over to the nightstand. Uh, we're trying to get uh, legislation passed that would make it illegal to flavor medications. Uh, medications that are strawberry or chocolate flavored for children, uh, dogs, you know, they certainly have a sweet tooth, and and you know, cats not so much one, but but certainly dogs do. And <clears throat> I think to to flavor medications is is really the wrong direction. Well, there's wow. there's a whole industry to flavor uh, pet, medication. pet medication. Well, yeah, I think you know it's 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 a double edged sword, but. You know, with with some of these medications that you know the animals, they're, if they taste too good, the animals like, wow, that's great. Yeah. And you know, a, a lot of this stuff, that, you know, at it, it it the right dosage of stuff is effective. But at a higher dosage, the medications can be problems themselves. Okay, let's say we come home, we see the container uh, broken open, and we we fear the worst. What right. should we do? First thing we should do, I think, is is call your veterinarian and in in. Uh, keep the container and if we go to the hospital bring the container that way we can tell how many tablets were in there how strong the tablets were how many were given that the people knew you know they had taken and that how many were left in there then based on that the age and weight of the dog we can get a dose response curve for the for the poison so i think we we need to always keep the, the semi chewed up container because <laughs> that tells us about active ingredients it tells us what's in there and if it's not medication, just you know, it's some kind of uh, product, there may be a one eight hundred number for the manufacturer telling us about potential uh, antidotes and, and uh, physiological antagonists and chaser molecules. So we have to be, well, you know, we have to have a little bit of uh, foresight with these things. Now, the, the antidotes that work on humans work on animals as well. Not always, but a lot do, and and a lot of poisons don't have antidotes. You know, and it's funny, you know. You got to remember to say antidote. We had a woman come in and go, "My puppy's been poisoned." Quick, quick! Someone give me an anecdote. <laughs> well, which is your job, also. So, we, so we said two guys went into a bar. <laughs> <laughs> so, but boy, you guys do a lot of nice things for animals. The one thing we should talk about is this time of year talking about poisons. Is you know the animals are in the house. We've got a lot of great things around for the holidays, and and uh, you know certain things aren't aren't great for dogs. You know, it's certainly. You know, most people know, I think, about the holiday plants, poinsettia, mistletoe, uh, holly berries. Mm -hmm. But I think what people don't know about things like macadamia nuts. Really? You know, macadamia nuts, one nut per gram a dog 
can cause some neurologic signs, even wow. seizures. So on a small dog, it could be very, very it toxic. Be, it can be tough, it, and they like them, the oil in them, and they're salty. And then the other thing are grapes and raisins. Uh, some dogs show a, a sensitivity to grapes and raisins and, and show some kidney problems. So um, onion powder in cats uh, can cause hemolytic anemia. And the first cousin of onion is garlic. So most dogs have a real uh, taste for garlic. So (laughs) onions and garlic, the wrong thing for dogs. Grapes and raisins, the wrong thing for some dogs. And then also uh, uh, macadamia nuts. So people don't know, you know, about these things, I think. And um, we had a a lady with some uh, chocolate-flavored cigarettes. And the the puppy had eaten into a a pack of those. And, um, you know, got the nicotine and the chocolate, and so it really had a problem. You see it all there, don't you? Well, you know, we're open 24 hours, and you see whatever the streets of a big city can throw at you. But, you know, you never can foresee what they're going to get into. (laughs) You just never know. And and, um, I think we have to have a little bit of foresight about what's in the room and where do we leave them. What, What is the weirdest thing that you've seen a dog consume? And I'm sure you've seen some weird things. I saw a dog eat a steak knife. A steak knife? You know, and, and it had, it had, the guy had the juices from the steak all over it, and this big child swallowed the steak yeah. knife. And we, could, we couldn't believe it when we took the x-ray. You know, so, so I, I think, you know, they have the, they're gulpers, and they'll, they'll swallow things, you know, and, and you, you can't believe it. You can't believe it. We, yeah. they, they swallow coins a lot. And the only thing I tell you about that is that coins have a lot of salt from the oil in people's hands on the coin. But but those can be bad, too, because of uh, zinc in the pennies. Yeah. can leach out and, and cause a zinc toxicity, which causes a, an anemia and destruction of red blood cells. So, uh, you know, I think that we, we have to be careful about, you know, where we keep these guys and how long they're left alone. And when we do leave them alone, are they in a safe environment? We are with Dr. Kevin Fitzgerald, who's called as our friend, who's uh, spent so much time with us on Animal Radio and, and visiting with us in different cities. I know, but my, this is my 17th time with you. It could be. It could very well <laughs> be. No, it is. Is it really? Yeah. You keep track of this. Yeah. Unbelievable. You have the record here. The bill's on the way. <laughs> the question is, are we looking for anything on TV, anything? What are, what are you doing? You are also just an active comedian and in the, in the Denver area. And when I say that, I mean a real comedian. A real stand-up. Well, that's right. You know, I mean, I haven't, pre- I haven't performed in, in five days now, and audiences have been delighted. <laughs> and you were also a, a uh, roadie uh, for the Rolling Stones and, and got your start with that. That's another story for another time, but we appreciate you calling in today. No, I appreciate all you do for animals anytime. You take Thank care you. of yourself. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And if you would like to talk to animal communicator extraordinaire Joy Turner, or actually talk to your pet via Joy Turner, one 405 8405 right now. Well, hi, Joy. How are you doing? Very good. Well, how- Who's this? Uh, this is Stacy from Arizona. Hi, Stacy. How are you doing? Very good. Oh, I'm jealous because you Arizonians always have. Is that what they call you, Arizonians? You're you're always in this warm weather phase. I think they call most of us snowbirds, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, Arizonans and snowbirds. 
Yeah, it's beautiful. It's about 78 degrees yesterday. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, you know what? I'm so jealous and envious right now. I'm just going to let you speak to Joy, okay? <laughs> uh, hi, Stacy. Can you tell me who you'd like to speak with today? I would like to speak with my cat named Booger. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I know it's a strange name. Booger's a boy? Booger is a boy. Okay. And he has been absolutely wild since the time he was a kitten. And I was just wondering why. I've, he lives, he's lived in my house for seven years, and I've petted him maybe a dozen times. We have to trap him for his shots, and he's just crazy. I don't, I don't understand. Okay, why well, he... hang on a second, and okay. let me get him to settle down enough to talk with me. Best of luck with that. <laughs> um, he kind of talks at me in little short phrases, so let me ask him why, if there's a particular reason he likes his behavior. And what are what exactly are you looking to have him behave like, Stacy? I would just like to be able to pay him on a kid. He's a beautiful, long-haired cat. I need to be able to groom him, give him his shots, uh, just to you know, be be a pet. You know. He says, "Well," and he calls you honey. <laughs> <laughs> he says, "Well, honey, if that was the kind of cat you wanted, that wasn't the kind of cat you got." Got it. That and sounds like booger. He says that he likes being like he is. Um, he doesn't particularly want to be the lap cat or the anything like that. He assumed when you invited him into your home that he was going to be able to live his life and you would just take care of him. That's pretty much what's going on. And that's pretty much what he wants. <laughs> Can you have him calm down enough to get his shots, to be a bit brushed? I mean, he has a big he, mat he on him. He doesn't see a point in any of those things. So what you're going to need to do, we're going to need to figure out a point for him for each of the things you want him to do, something that to him is going to be a reason why he needs to do that. For instance, he sees no reasons for shots because he never goes anywhere. Hmm, that's true. So he is, he is an indoor-outdoor cat, though. Pardon? He is an indoor-outdoor cat. He has he a cat yes, door. But he's always in his environment, and he thinks he's fine. He thinks he has his own regular normal immunity. He does. <laughs> so can't argue with him. He doesn't see any reason to get those. Hmm. And actually... According to a lot of the holistic vets that I work with, that's probably true. Okay. Well, that's good news. So, um, you know, they don't suggest anymore just immunizing animals for the sake of doing it. Right, yeah. Yeah, the only ones I do are, well, the main ones I do are the indoor-outdoor cats. Yeah. Just well, he thinks he has his own immunity. He thinks he doesn't need any of those things, and he wants to know. He says he'll be a compromising cat with you. If you'll let go of some things, he'll try to help with others. Okay, what would he like me to let go of? He says, well, things like the shot. Okay. <laughs> um, he says the other thing is he doesn't see any point in you pulling something through his hair that pulls on his hair. How about if I cut it out because he's got a big mat and it's hanging and he looks like he's losing part of his chest? He says he wants to know what, other than the fact that you don't like the way it looks, is there any health issue to him? Well, I think it would be painful to him just to have it hanging there all the time. He says, well, he's not crazy about it when he gets caught on things when he's out. Right. So, so this is the kind of way you're going to have to work with him. What's the benefit to him? Well, the benefit to him, he, he would be able to move faster and easier, I think. He says, well, he could consider that one. He has to think about that for a few days, and then he'll consider that maybe that's a good a good idea, and maybe he can let you do that one. And then do I need to, to scruff him when I do it? <laughs> um, so scruff him would be holding him by a scruff? Right. He says, well, 
Mm-hmm. And he laughs about, about this. He <laughs> says he kind of thinks he's going to need to get tied down, but <laughs> he says he'll try to be a little more patient and tolerant than that. That would be good. if he could not bite me. That would be really good. He said, "Boy, you're asking a lot." <laughs> He's a funny boy. He's my wild one, yes. Absolutely. And uh, he says, all right, he'll make a deal. He'll figure out a way to let you do that. If you let go of things that are non-essential, like the shots and just normal putting, pulling stuff through his hair. That okay, I won't pull hair. anything through his hair. I'll just cut the mats out. He said, okay, that'll be good for him. Okay. He says, by the way, he loves being a wild cat that's cared for. <laughs> I'll bet he does. That's like the cat's life right there. Exactly. That's his, his, his like perfect ideal life is what he's living. The the spoiled, the spoiled outdoor cat is what it sounds like. Well, it's, it's really not the best thing to advertise in the world, but, you know, that's the way he came in. So, you know, well, you I, know, I have a lot of ferals that came became domesticated. Well, you know, the, as far as mats go, they start twisting and they pull on their hair, I mean, on, on their skin, so they can become very painful. If That's what I was thinking. Yeah, they need to be cut out or it can, you know, cause reactions. He can get sores. It can become very painful. I'll tell you what, we're going to send you some, uh, well, we'll send Booger some, uh, uh, some paw breakers and see if that'll break the ice and maybe uh, closening up the relationship and maybe opening the doors to uh, uh, letting a little grooming happen. Because I know the grooming is so important, not only for the cat, but for, for the person, too. Right. Well, especially the long-haired cats like he is, you know. And he's, he's a beautiful, beautiful cat. You guys need to know, all the while you're talking about him grooming and things, he's going, no, 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 no. How about if I leave Blackie in there with him? Would that help him? He says, Okay. Ask him if he'd like some of this. Uh, we have this uh, uh, waterless shampoo. It's it, it's, it's it would be easy mousse. to take a bath. Yes. He goes. He doesn't see a point. He thinks he keeps himself clean enough for him. Okay. That's so funny, huh? <laughs> okay. What's the paw breakers? Uh, paw breakers are catnip. Little paw. Uh, they're it's like a jawbreaker, but, but it's, it's, it's catnip. condensed catnip in a ball that can last for days and weeks that they can bat around and chew on, and they love it. Oh, my dog said my cats love those little things. Yeah, we, great. We could definitely do do that. Then. Well, well, then we're gonna we're gonna send you some too. Great. Hold on one second there. I gotta say this is very funny. I just want to share this with the listeners that on the screen that screens the callers, uh-huh. uh, Martha puts little notes and she says, "Can we say booger on the air?" <laughs> Asking about your cats. It it was uh, Dr. Johnny Fever that was fired from WKRP, of course, uh, for saying booger on the air. Uh, I don't know if I should rename him or not. (laughs) Well, no, that's uh, that's actually our studio cat's name is Booger. I love. He was originally named Snowball, and a little girl came over and was petting him, and she he scratched her, and she said, "I'm not going to name you Snowball. I'm going to name you Booger because you're a booger." (laughs) So that's how he got his name. Well, thank you so much for calling today. Hold on one second, Stacy. Thanks, Joy. So much. If somebody wants to get in touch with you during the week, how can they do that? They can call me at four two five eight six seven one seven seven nine, or go through my website at talkwithyouranimals.com. If they forget that, they can go through the new link to that joyturner.com. And you can hear Joy Monday, Wednesday, and Saturdays an hour long right here on Animal Radio at animalradio.com. Joy, thanks so much. We'll speak to you next week. Thank you, Hal. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Do you know what you're serving for dinner tonight? If the FDA has its way, the milk and meat you see at the grocery store could come from cloned animals. And you won't even know because it won't be labeled. Cloning animals for food involves more than just food safety. 
animal suffering, and other ethical issues must also be considered. The cloning process uses hundreds of animals to produce just one clone, causing death or severe health problems for most of the animals involved. Just because we can clone animals for food doesn't mean we should. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society to learn more about the problems with animal cloning at www.endanimalcloning.org. That's www.endanimalcloning.org. And have a voice in what you are serving for dinner tonight. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just by eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Protect your dog and your family by deworming your dog twice a year with Safeguard Canine Dewormer. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Welcome to Voice of the Animal. Can you guess what kind of animal the following names belong to? Marbled Mitten, Regal Slipper, Hunchback Locust, Velvet Fan, Unicorn, Buffalo, Musical Furry. How about African Spear, Arabian Whip, Rough Spanish? Give up? These are all types of lobsters. Although these fancifully named lobsters live scattered about the seven seas, the most densely populated lobster domain is the Gulf of Maine, where lobsters are known by the more mundane name of Humarus Americanus, American lobsters. Lobsters do not feature prominently in myths of various cultures, but take their place in a more supporting role, as with the story of the beautiful Greek nymph Scylla, who was constantly being pursued by suitors until a jealous goddess turned her into a six-headed sea monster who became the terror of sailors in the Aegean Sea. She did receive a small consolation prize, as Scylla is the goddess of lobsters, while in Chinese myth, lobster is held in great delight as the symbol of mirth. In The Secret Life of Lobsters, author Trevor Corson writes about the lobstermen that live in the year-round island communities on the coast of Maine, fishermen who have made the dangerous and difficult business of trapping lobsters their family livelihood for generations, and who have worked to establish rules that will protect both the lobsters and their fishing heritage. A tale that Corson shares, and one that is confirmed by my dear friend Annie, a chef in Maine for many years, is of Barbie Lobster an older, thus protected, female lobster that some bored fisherman dressed in a Barbie doll outfit and who occasionally shows up in a trap only to be dutifully returned to serve as an undersea fashion plate. Scientists have discovered that baby lobsters depend upon celestial cues to navigate through the sea. And in another nod to the heavens, the unique lens of the lobster's eye is the inspiration for an X-ray vision space telescope called Lobster ISS that will be mounted on the International Space Station. Their first year at Boston Harbor, the Plymouth Pilgrims were grateful to have the lobsters left by Native Americans. But in later years, they preferred other fare, considering the lobster lower class. That changed as people began to vacation in New England and when, in the 1870s, railroad cars packed with ice enabled live lobsters to be shipped from the coast of Maine. William Randolph Hearst is credited with the first order of lobsters shipped via rail for a dinner party he was throwing in Colorado. 
Today, live lobsters, their claws bound for their diaspora from their Gulf of Maine home to landlocked points far to the west, are found in supermarkets around the country. The poet laureate, Billy Collins, describes these lobsters in tanks filled to the brim with their copious tears. An Irish saying goes, It is in the unexpected or neglected place that you will find the lobster. I once shared a flight in a small commuter plane with a lobster that a woman was bringing back to California. As the lobster's antenna poked out of the box and his bound claws shuffled against the cardboard, his copious tears fell not into a tank of seawater, but into an alien environment 20,000 feet in the air. Animals, especially a cantankerous crustacean like the lobster, often tend to hold the projections of what we want them to be. Some see the lobster as a delicious meal, others as a legacy of livelihood, while others see them simply as creatures whose unique and marvelous presence is present alone. Visit us on the World Wide Web at voiceoftheanimal.org. For Voice of the Animal, this is Rayanne Cumulos. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hey, hey, this is Davy Jones here on Animal Radio. Just want to say look after those animals because they look after you. Have a great time. See you soon. Bye. Did you see the paper? They mentioned cloning animals for food. Seriously? I thought cloning was still pretty experimental. It is. Most of the animals die or are born with some sort of health defect. So why is the FDA going to approve it? I don't know. It's upsetting that the FDA seems to be ignoring scientific evidence that animals in cloning suffer. And the FDA says that it won't even label cloned foods. That's outrageous. Yeah, and we could be eating meat or drinking milk from cloned animals and not even know it. Is there anything we can do to stop this? You can. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society at www.endanimalcloning.org to learn more about the problems with animal cloning and to help keep cloned food off grocery store shelves. Cloning animals for food is not just about food safety. Animal suffering and other ethical issues have been ignored for too long and must be considered. To learn more, visit www.endanimalcloning.org. Just because we can clone animals for food doesn't mean we should. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. It's a case of the good news is your hamster is alive. The bad news is he's going to cost you nearly 2000 bucks. A British family were sad when their hamster got out of his cage while traveling in the trunk of their car. They searched and searched but weren't able to find him and figured he must have gotten out of the car while they were driving. Days later, the wayward hamster was found by a mechanic trying to find out why their car wouldn't start. Seems the hamster had chewed his way through the seats and through some wires, costing the family nearly $2,000 in repairs. The family says they're still happy to get their hamster back. They're just shocked at how much damage he could do. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Fido Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, thinking a dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to Fido Friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. 
Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. Hi, this is Nancy Cartwright, the voice of Bart Simpson, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Don't have a cow, man. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. From the worried looks in the waiting room to the sighs of relief in the recovery ward, this hospital is no different from any other hospital preparing for a long night. Surgical packs are ready, nurses are soothing frantic patients, and doctors are doing their best to save lives. The only difference is this is the Animal ER. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys for Animal Radio. Emergency care for pets has certainly evolved over the last several decades. Baby boomers might remember when their local veterinarians shared emergency duty, taking calls throughout all the hours of the night and early morning. More recently, dedicated emergency clinics were opened and pet owners had access to these during all the nights and the weekends when the regular veterinarians were closed. The most recent rendition of this emergency animal hospital is actually a very difficult to distinguish from its human counterpart. Emergency centers and 24-hour critical care hospitals are becoming much more common in veterinary medicine. Staffed by devoted emergency veterinarians and team members, these after-hour hospitals are a blessing to pets and people. With high-tech medical equipment in the back and various amenities in the waiting room, animal emergency facilities provide a similar level of care and compassion that you might see in a human emergency room. Frankly, more than you might see in a human emergency room. Dr. Elisa Mazzaferro, the Director of Emergency Services for Wheat Ridge Veterinary Specialties in Colorado, says that we've gone from a patchwork type of medical care to a state-of-the-art emergency critical care system Center, providing many services at all hours of the day and night. In fact, it's not unusual for these emergency rooms to be performing abdominal surgery, splinting fractured legs, and handling critical medical cases such as kidney failure. Veterinarians can now choose to extend their schooling and become board-certified specialists in the discipline of emergency and critical care. For most ER veterinarians, the challenge of most cases is what drives their passion for emergency and critical care. However, pet owner limitations due to finances are a frustrating and very routine part of emergency work. According to Dr. Mazzaferro, when you go to a human ER, tests are run and people are treated, no discussion of costs. That's not true for our pets. But for many pet owners, there's no limitations to what they'll spend on their beloved four-legged friends. Thanks to financing plans, pet insurance, and other means, more people than ever are finding ways to provide the very best care for their sick or injured pets. From the immaculate ICU ward in the back to the helpful front office staff, it's comforting to know these dedicated doctors and teams are ready to provide care and compassion at a moment's notice. For the Veterinary News Network at MyVNN.com, I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting for Animal Radio. Thank you, Dr. Jim. Do you have an emergency vet where you live? 
We want to know. 1-866-405-8405. We'll be talking about that next week. We want to get your opinions right now. Does your town need one? We don't even have a vet here where we live. <laughs> we have to drive an hour and a half just to get to a vet. Yes. Tell us. You can also email us, your voice at animalradio.com. And speaking of emergency room vets, thank you so much, Dr. Kevin Fitzgerald, for joining us today on Animal Radio. Very special show for next week. Call us with your resolutions, by the way. Tell us how your pets are involved at 1-866-405-8405 all this week for next week's show. There you go. And remember, if you get a pet, please spay or neuter. And if it happens to be a cat, don't ever declaw. And always adopt from your local shelter. I'm Judy Francis. I'm Hal Abrams reminding you, you can get lots more Animal Radio streaming online 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at AnimalRadio.com or on your cell phone. Simply text ANIMAL to 27627. And don't forget, you can get your news headlines right to your email box. Sign up at AnimalRadio.com. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here on this fine station. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network.